Despite having strengthened the rules around defined benefit transfer advice, the Financial Conduct Authority has said that too much advice it's seen to date is still not of an acceptable standard. Of around 235,000 members seeking advice between April 2015 and September 2018, 69% had been recommended to transfer, the FCA recently revealed. It announced further action on transfers, and depending on the outcome of advisor assessments this year, the FCA will consider extending its assessments to take in a wider range of firms in 2020. I'm Sophia Imsen, Deputy Editor at Pensions Expert, and with me to discuss regulation of DB transfer advice today are Tom Selby, Senior Analyst at AJ Bell, and Bob Scott, Senior Partner at LCP. Hello. Hello. So Tom, why have transfers from DB pension schemes mm-hmm. proved so attractive in recent years? Yeah, I think we've seen um, a bit of a, a lethal cocktail of various things going into the to, to, to market to make transfers more attractive to individuals. So probably the most high profile part of that was the pension freedoms introduced in 2015, clearly creating extra flexibility for people who are moving into DC schemes, both in terms of the way they take income from a pot, but also at the end of their lives when they're passing their money on to uh, on, onto, onto loved ones, um, a much more attractive regime there. The second part has been the macro, macroeconomic bit. So we've seen record low guilt yields over a significant period of time. So that happened at just the same time as we introduced pension freedoms. You had transfer values being pushed up through the roof, making them potentially more attractive, so higher values for people to take their money out of their DB pot and transfer it in to a DC's pot. And then to throw it into the mix with that as well, we've had all sorts of corporate uncertainty. So it's been the, the past couple of years we've seen Philip Green and the BHS scheme. We've seen issues around Carillion as well. So you put all of that stuff together and you've got a real mix of stuff that's pushing people potentially to consider giving up what are extremely valuable benefits. And how will the FCA's increased scrutiny of transfer advisors help savers? Now, it's quite interesting. Bob and I were, were talking about that just outside before. The, 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 thing, the thing to remember here is there's been quite a lot of rhetoric from the FCA, so some very strong words in its statement, but nothing has really changed for financial advisors in the market and nothing's really changed for savers either. So the FCA said it's concerned about the proportion of people who have been advised to move out of DB schemes. I think it will hope that its strong words will put off advisors who are perhaps operating close to the margins of its rules and its guidelines, but nothing has changed yet. I think the thing to look out for will be around contingent charging later on in the year. So the FCA has said we're going to hear something from it on contingent charging, but what that is, I think, remains to be seen. I'd just add that the the number of people seeking quotes and the proportion of people transferring has just come off a little bit in the mm-hmm. last year or so compared to the very high levels we saw in 2017. Yeah, I think I think there is a, there is an argument to be to be had that this is a, a case of the FCA acting perhaps later than when all the activity goes on. So you have mm-hmm. all this activity going mm-hmm. on in 2015, 2016, 2017, even through 2018, and the FCA is finally getting tough on it. But when you talk about the impact on savers, the, the savers who have transferred have made the decision, and certainly from our perspective, we're seeing um, transfer flows from DB schemes falling quite quite substantially now. The FCA obviously wants to protect consumers, but is there a chance that cracking down too much on, on advisors could affect the ability of savers to transfer where you know where it is in their interests? Yeah, so this is in 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 my in my um in my job, I spend quite a lot of time to speaking to to direct investors, and um, one of the big issues that has existed since pension freedoms has actually been the lack of supply of advice in the in the DB market. And while clearly leaving a DB scheme and going to a DC scheme is a huge decision, the FCA's position. Um, for a while has been that the advisors need to assume it's not in clients' best interests um, unless they can they can prove otherwise. Nonetheless, there are certain circumstances where 
it can be in someone's best interest. The most obvious example be where uh, where you look at the death benefits around DC DC schemes and the ability to pass it on to uh, onto onto loved ones. So I think that is a it is a concern that we're going to see a contraction of supply. But equally, you want to be making sure that people are getting the best advice possible. Would you agree with that, Bob? There's also, uh, I think, uh, a bit of momentum building up against um, people who have an incentive to advise a transfer to a fund that they have an interest mm. in following the transfer so that they draw an income from that uh, as a result of charges coming out of the pension pot after the transfer. I think those sort of arrangements can potentially incentivise uh, poor advice as well. And Bob, you've mentioned before that the government could help by by giving members the right to access their DB pensions flexibly um, without having to transfer to a DC arrangement. So um, do you think that we could see more DB flexibility in, in future? And if not, what else can employers and trustees do to help members? Yeah, this was something that the, the Treasury said at the time of uh, pension freedoms, the, the response to the consultation. Uh, they said that they would be looking to consult on opening up DB schemes to offer the same flexibilities as DC which would then take out that intermediate step of having to transfer out of the DB into a DC to, to access the flexibilities. But that um, all got put on the back burner and we haven't seen anything. I think it would be helpful if that uh, were resurrected uh, and that would, uh, would give those people flexibilities. In the meantime, I mean, what can employers and trustees do? Well, one thing that, uh, that you can do is uh, offer a partial transfer. So someone with a, a substantial... Uh, DB transfer value, instead of having to take an all or nothing decision whether to transfer or leave it behind, can perhaps take out 50% of it, put it in a, a DC pot and keep the other half uh, for income. And how can an employer-hired independent financial advisor help members make better decisions? Is it only um, an option for employers that have, you know, can afford to pay for that advice? Uh, well, I think we've we've said several times the key is here for individuals to get good advice. And uh, there are lots of good advisors providing good advice, but the key is to identify them and to uh, give members access to that good advice. Um, it doesn't have to be the employer who's, who's paying for it. It's possible for the trustees to um, help pay for the advice. Um, even just giving people access to the good advice and they have to pay for it themselves would be beneficial. Uh, and I, I think... It's reminding people of all the options that they have. It's helping people make the right decision, whether that decision is to transfer or to take early retirement or to do something or not to do something. Because mm. sometimes not doing uh, something can be as bad a decision as, uh, as, as doing something. And Tom, would, would you like to see more employer-hired IFAs? Well, I think oh, the, the more people that can get good quality, independent financial advice, the better, um, I think. I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure, Bob, in, 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 your, in your experience, well, I think one of the issues that, that I've heard of kind of anecdotally um, has been around concerns that if, as an employer, if you arrange for, say, a panel of financial advisors for, for people. Obviously, the good thing should be that the employer's done their due diligence on those advisors. If something then goes wrong with that advice and the employer may be concerned about being on the hook or being held responsible in some way for the quality of those advisors that they're recommended, I don't know if that's something that you're seeing on the ground. Yeah, I mean, there is a little an initial reluctance. So, mm. I mean, I think probably you know, anecdotally, you know, perhaps one scheme in six that, you know, that I'm aware of has that sort of arrangement. And those points that you make, Tom, mm. are things that concern them. Also, there are employers who think, well, if we put up a financial advisor to give advice to members, 
then we're in some way endorsing yeah. you know, transferring out or, or, or taking options that uh, um, you know may not be in the member's interest. So there are um, you know reluctance among some employers, but I think there's a there's a trend towards more people appointing their own. Yeah, and I, th- I think hope from from this point will perhaps swing towards something that's a, a slightly calmer equilibrium. Clearly, we've had kind of fire and brimstone from the FCA on this, and it's, it's done that for, for a reason. It's trying to kind of scare the market straight. But what you don't want to do is swing to a point where you go from concerns about one group of people uh, being left disadvantaged all the way to it to concerns where nobody can transfer at all, and you end up with another group of people de- being mm. disadvantaged. Yeah. So I think there's, there's, there'll, there'll, hopefully we'll end up at a reasonable point in the middle. Now, whether contingent charging will be part of that and or not remains to be seen. There's clearly a lot of mm. um, political political cr- uh, pressure around that particular charging method, but clearly the concern there is that you, you're potentially going to make DB transfer advice less available, particularly to lower income groups as well. So I, mm. I hope that we're going to move to somewhere that's, that's slightly more measured on DB transfers, but we're not quite there yet, I don't think. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Bob. For more on DB transfer advice, please visit pensions-expert.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.